as the podcast coach for August 20th, 2016. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. That music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. It is uh, August 20th. We're waiting for the messengers to show up. We've got some updates on that. But the cool thing is it's all going to be okay because the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv is here to keep us calm and not freak out and that whole nine yards. How's it going, Jim? Greetings. Happy Saturday morning to you, Dave. No, it's always good. It's it's a little nerve wracking when you're anticipating people coming to join you and then you get that message like, well, we're still stuck in the airport. So, yeah, because it's kind of a bummer. It's beautiful weather here in Ohio. You can tell if you're watching the video here. I got a lot of sun coming in this window. And um, so I don't know what's going on in Florida, if it's just a computer glitch or what. But uh, the, the film crew from the messengers, in theory, was going to be here about um, 1130 today. And uh, I got a text message about nine. They're like still waiting to get on the plane. And I'm like, oh, so that'll be kind of uh, interesting to see what happens. But um, well, we'll really depend on folks questions in the chat room or if they want to join us live. That's it. We'll be dependent on you. So make sure you get your podcasting questions in. Last couple of weeks, the chat room has been pretty quiet. So we, we need you guys to maybe step up a little bit today. And uh, to do that, there is a little picture of a camera, I believe, in the bottom right hand corner. And uh, that is, uh, you can click on that and we will bring it on in. And uh, you can um, also put your question in the chat room, but we kind of prefer to see your smiling face. But I realize it's Saturday morning and you may have just woke up or if you're just like me, I'm uh, I'm operating on about four and a half hours, five hours sleep. So mm. just, let's, let's keep just getting ready for these just guys. Getting ready, you know, when you start going, oh, you know, I need to dust the, the, uh, the treadmill when you're in that kind of mode, you know, like, it just, Oh, you're that kind of guy, huh? Who uh, tries to, when you have, when you have company uh, over, well, you try. Mm. my biggest worry, and this has nothing to do with podcasting is like, Bernie, please quit pooping and peeing. I'm just like, I'm, I'm worried that everybody's going to walk in and go, Oh God, cat box. It's like, I've cleaned it and recleaned it. And if he could just hold it for a couple of days, that would be uh, awesome. So we're, we're hoping that's the plan. <laughs> so it's not healthy. By the way, that's not healthy. Not healthy for him yeah. to, uh, to hold it. By the way, so. But uh, we're here every Saturday at askthepodcastcoach.com/slash/live. We had a thing on the podcasters roundtable where we were uh, talking about how the fact that I use askthepodcastcoach.com/slash/live makes it super easy. Then to you always know where we're at because originally I was going to use, boy, they they really need a new name. I was going to use Huzzah this week because we've already tried Fire Talk. And uh, with all the stuff going on this weekend, I was like, you know, uh, let's just we kind of have the fire talk thing down and maybe we'll try that in a, a week or two just to see what the difference is. From what I hear, the big whoop de doo is you when you go live on Huzzah, you can also go live on Facebook, which sounds neat. But to me, if people start commenting over on Facebook, like to me, be, I mean, one chat room is enough. Yeah, just ignore the chat book or the chat book, the Facebook <laughs> chat. Just ignore that. Let yeah. that go because you can always come back to it. Yeah. I think you would want to engage with your huzzah chat room. The The other feature that I'm hearing is the chat will keep when you watch the replay, the chat will keep up with the replay. So it'll look like it's kind of in real time, which could be a little confusing for some. Like, 
is this live or is it not? And, you know, we get, I got a request this week from one of my listeners on our Gallup podcast. He's like, hey, do you capture all this chat and is it available in a transcript? And I get that question, especially because we're an enterprise podcast. Mm-hmm. I get that question all the time. Do you have a transcript? And one, transcripts are very expensive to get and or to have made. And then two, do we cop, copy and paste the chat room? And I've done that a couple times. I've kept, but like it gets so little use that, you know, there's like two people that use it. So I think what I'm going to do with those kinds of things is I'm going to let them, I'm going to say, hey, here's the instructions. If you want to go download the chat afterwards or it's available here, you go get it. Because for us, for me to spend the extra hour or so to go, grab it, format it, move it somewhere, put it in the post. We get two or three people, maybe not even that in some cases. I'd say one person would look at one once and then we wouldn't have it for another 10 weeks and then we'd see it again. So I just don't see for for me, for what we're doing, I don't see those transcripts or those chat logs paying off. But back to Huzzah, my understanding is it shows up in real time as the video is is happening as you're watching it, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the thing... To, if you think about it, the reason why most people do transcripts is they are looking for Google juice. They want all these words to bring in Google. And I just know when I go to somebody's websites and I was on one last night that uh, somebody had sent, I, I could be a great guest on your show because I'm very successful. And I'm like, successful at what? You know, so I go over to their website. They sent me a bunch of links. And A, they're like, listen to these great interviews that this person has been on. And I click on it, and there's nothing to listen to. So right there, you've, you've kind of sent me into a rabbit hole. And then they sent me to a transcript. And to say I bounced is like the – it was like bounced underscore in bold. I just went up, transcript, gone. And so to me, when I see transcripts, I don't like to read them really because – I don't know. I guess because I'm a podcaster. I like to listen to stuff. And the only people who really, really benefit from a transcript, in my opinion, and that's all this is, are, are deaf people. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. And so the fact that they're usually a dollar a minute, I did hear somebody say they found a company that if you talk to them nice, they will get that down to 75 cents a minute. But that's still kind of, you know, an hour show. That's, you know, you're talking 50 bucks ish. And for a very small portion of your audience, it would be great. You know, if we had, uh, I heard somebody say that we should, it was almost like a, a 1960s, if we could just get a big commune of people that would get together, that would just love to transcribe it. I'm like, Hey man, it'd be awesome. But I'm like, no, nobody does that stuff for the love of it. For the most part, I, uh, you know, YouTube has opened up captions now for crowdsource. And so you can fairly easily go in there and edit um, right there in YouTube. And you could, if you could either do it yourself or have people assist you with the captions. I did put a team together that helped me edit the ones YouTube had done. So we had these 34 theme videos and we had these eight minute versions of them. I put a team of about nine together and they all, we kind of divided up and checked each other's work. And they, they went through, we used um, Amera, which is a service like before YouTube was doing this, Amera was this, you could transcribe or you could fix the, the, uh, the captions. And so I had a team go through and fix them. And I think that's helpful. The question is, I wonder if Google is crawling their own captions. That would be cool. So if the captions were there, they're 85% right for the most part. You could go in and change those, fix them. On a long podcast, that's going to take you a while. I'll be honest. I mean, it took 
it took us four or five or six times the length of each video to get them edited. And they were all eight minutes, eight, eight minutes long. So it's a lot of work, but if it might pay off if those captions are crawled in some way. Interesting. Well, we're going to give, uh, that, that would be interesting though. Cause it's just, yeah. a, it's, a, it's another thing with a lot of time to set that up. It's a and, ton of time. It's a ton of time, but uh, the request had been <laughs> for someone who was deaf. So, Oh, that makes sense again. So yeah. the driving along. So don't do this at home, kids. Now notice he's staying eyes on the road there, 10 and 2, I can tell. But uh, the one and only Troy Heinrichs from the Blacklist Exposed, whose story just keeps going and going and going. Last we heard, Troy, you were off to L.A. to film the kind of opening uh, Grand Poobah announcement of, of uh, season four of the Blacklist, where you're going to get to grill the creators of the show. So uh, what what's new in that uh, world? Yeah, pretty much uh, a whirlwind adventure. I got a call as an invite to go out to Sony Pictures Television, who produces the show for NBC, and they own the rights internationally to promote the show, where NBC owns the rights domestically here in the United States. And when they said, hey, yeah, we, we know you're a big fan. We love the podcast. Why don't you guys come on out? We'll, we'll have you guys uh, meet the creator and executive producers, and we just want you to hype up season four and ask all the questions that you guys all have had over the years because by season four, all the fans that are truly, you know, in for the show are in. And from that perspective, they're like, we're not trying to get new people. So we really want you to go out and say, Hey, you know, who are all of the people that, you know, what are all the questions all you fans have had? So I get to grill them literally for an hour and a half. And then they had me go to a, a small studio on the Sony lot called AR three, which is this ginormous audio recording uh, sound engineer thing. So my podcast my podcast looks super awesome uh, when you're in that AR3 booth. So it was, it was just a whirlwind and it, just an amazing experience. Can't believe it happened. Nice. And uh, did you guys get to geek out and did they have RE20s or, or what, any kind of gear that you're like, oh, I got to get one of those for home? Surprisingly, they had a bunch of, uh, you know, most of it was shotgun mics, mm. uh, Sennheiser for the most part. In the AR3 studio, it was a bunch of SMD70s really, mm. which was surprising. Interesting. So when does that air? Do you have any idea? So the way it works is it's called an EPK, an electronic press kit. And when Sony has it all edited up and ready to go, it'll be distributed to the international affiliates. And last year, NBC did actually pick it up to air on their affiliates that they own. Um, So like NBC5 here in Chicago aired it, I think it was on a Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. So there's a chance that we'll see it here in the United States. If not, I'm supposed to get a link so I can at least see it. And then hopefully I can share that link. I just don't know what the rights are from a distribution perspective because I'm in the United States. So I don't know if they have to clear it with NBC or whatnot. But if I get a link and I can share it, absolutely, I'll be sharing it with everybody. That'd be awesome. And uh, do they fly you coach or first class? Not that either. I mean, I would love coach. Free is always good. but uh... Yeah, that's what I said. Free was awesome. I think the... uh, I would have rather had the extra leg room for the four hour flight than the swank hotel that I got. Right. Cause I just literally slept in the hotel, but the hotel was bigger than the plane, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a coach on the way out coach on the way back, but I slept on the way back. It was a red eye, mm. uh, very accommodating though, because I actually wanted to see some friends out there. So I said, Hey, if it saves you guys some money to fly me out, red eye, <clears throat> red eye, <coughs> excuse me, uh, red eye on Saturday night. I'm cool with that. And they were like, Oh, that's awesome, dude. Thanks a lot. So they were able to kick that into the actual salary for the, for the day of shooting. Nice. 
Awesome. Anything? Do you think this is the end of the story? Do you, do you see other things coming maybe now to, that uh, any doors still cracked there you might be able to squeak through? Well, the potential is that in Nebraska is where John Bogacamp is from, Kearney, Nebraska, small town. Surprisingly, I have a podcasting friend who actually lives in Kearney, Nebraska. And so when I told him that, hey, John's doing a show, he renovated this theater called the World Theater in Kearney. He does a special premiere showing for the hometown the Saturday before it airs. And so he's actually asked us to come out and potentially MC the event because it's a charity event also. So he's just working out logistics, obviously, premiere. He's got to fly out to New York to go to the set. So if he can make it all work and he can be in Kearney on the 17th, then we'll be driving nine hours one way to go to Kearney to do this event and then uh, drive around and come right back and work on Monday again. Wow. That would be uh that's one of those things that sounds fun. And then when you get to like hour three and you're like, Oh, I have six hours in the car. But this is, this is a good point for the podcasting audience though, because yeah, it sounds crazy. Like you're going to drive 18 hours round trip in a three day period to do a two, maybe three hour event. Right. But that gets on camera and you don't know who's going to see and maybe that's the thing that catapults us to do, you know, I'm going big, right? Jimmy Fallon at the end of the show, because it's on NBC, when the series finally ends and we all get invited to New York and we get to host the series. And then he was gone. Well, you know, healthy can't give out forever. Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting, though. No, that's uh, awesome. That's a Troy callback in. Yeah, 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 I have to get him back in. Lost, we probably lost us too. We'll, we'll, we'll Carney, not far, not far from Omaha. So he's he'll go right through Omaha to get to Carney. That's well, there you go. You can stop by. You can have like a, a yeah. bottle of water for him as he runs through. That's so. right. We just we'll hold it out on the interstate as he's swinging through, and he can grab the bottle of water. Yeah. So well, that would be cool. You never know. Uh, it's one of those things. You you never know who's watching. You never know who's there, and so. I forget. I think it was Paul Collier that said, "If you got six people listening to your podcast and one of them is the president of the United States, do you really care that you have six people?" So, awesome. Well, Troy, thanks for uh, popping in. Any anything else? Uh, any other uh, anything else we should find out about here before we uh, let you go and get back to driving? Okay. No, we lost, we lost his audio, man. Sorry. Uh, all right, give man. us give us a single thumbs up and don't look at the camera and and, and good job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story, Dave. That, it is. That's a great story. I mean, not everybody's going to get it, but it it's one of those kinds of things where it, it just one thing led to another. It's been fun to follow this from the outside and kind of looking in. And it, you know, you you just got to keep working your and you got to say yes to a bunch of things. And any one of those. He could have said yes to, and it could have been a total bomb, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, man, why did I spend all this time? But you don't know. I mean, the thing in Carney could be a total bomb. But you could spend 18 hours in the car and have it go nowhere. That's the risk you run. But high risk equals high reward and, and also massive blowout failures. I mean, that's, that's the nature of high risk type things. But good for him for kind of staying on it and going after it and keep working it. And, you know, I, we, we had some meetings today. No, we had some meetings last week where they're talking about we're rolling out these summits that we do around the world. And I think at some point I'll probably have to show up in a conference in Singapore or India or, you know, Australia or something. Eh, you know, it's a long way to fly, but that's kind of cool. I mean, it'll be fun to do those kinds of things. So, you know, but you got it. That all happened because I started a podcast at work. Otherwise, I'd be the tech guy. 
Yeah. And now you've set yourself apart. Yeah. Well, yeah. and we've set the podcast apart. I mean, what's what's kind of cool about doing this at work and I have all these people around me helping me is I get to pull them along with me in this. So it's not just me. I've got two editors. I've got a video guy, you know, who does all our video edits. I've got social media people and we're adding we're adding little bits to it to the team. So I'll take on a new resource and I'll take a tenth of their time or a quarter of their time. And then we'll, as they get busier and busier, we'll kind of ramp that up and, you know, taking more and more of their time. And so it's not just me out there. We've got this whole group of people. And then I'm really careful to share our numbers really regularly. So once a month when I'm putting things out, I'll send a graph or a chart of, hey, here's how we done. We broke another record this month on that. And that keeps them very motivated, right? They love to see those. They love to see those numbers. We use our blog number. Uh, you know, we had uh, about 30,000 a month has been what we'd been shooting for. We hit it. And then I said, all right, team, next goal is 35,000. And if we, by the way, if we can get to that and get above it, we'll hit a million this year. And so those kinds of numbers, very tangible, you know, because at the end of the day, you got to keep that reason for keeping going. Hey, they're not as passionate about podcasting as I am. It's not their passion. It's mine. So we have to build in some passion. Well, being part of something that's successful makes people usually makes people very, very motivated. So this is an area, you know, we talk about don't obsess about the numbers when it's your own personal thing. Right. But that's almost if you're going to do it at work, that's that's almost you almost have to reverse that and be obsessed about the numbers. And one for ROI. Yeah, I was going right? to say, you got to constantly be proving, hey, this is why I know it just looks like I'm just sitting in this room here doing nothing. But here's yeah. what's happening. If I'm if I'm justifying, if I'm spending money and my time on this, and by the way, my time is money, so I'm spending money on it. I have to get some kind of ROI. So it's good to have those numbers. And then I think to keep your teams motivated, it's it's good to produce those. Um, and I keep them top of mind. So when I go into meetings and stuff and I mention, you know, we cleared 14,000 downloads last month and we did 35 or we're doing about 33,000 hits to the blog and about 35,000 views on YouTube. You know, those are small numbers compared to some of the biggest YouTubers and some of the biggest podcasters. Those are pretty tiny numbers. But for the enterprise, for what we do, our executives love it. And they they keep and we keep show them, you know, Spreaker makes really nice stats, by the way. If you're mm -hmm. Spreaker does a great job of stats. And I just copy and paste that Spreaker graph by month of, you know, audio downloads and it's got live and it's got streaming and it's got downloads. And I copy and paste that. They love that thing. So that's maybe a situation where it is good to obsess about your stats as opposed to when you're when you're an individual podcaster. Again, it's good to have metrics, though. For some people, those metrics drive them. So, you know, if that keeps you producing great content or getting the video done or staying up late on a Friday night to get it done, use that stuff in your favor. You know, use it. Use it to help motivate you. Yeah, absolutely. I've just found a great question in uh, a podcast face, a podcast face group. Yeah, it's uh, it's the book face. It's a chat. new social media site. Yes, it's uh, it's it's chat snap book thing. Uh, it's from James mm -hmm, Catalbus. He says, hey, all new member to the group. I, I've been wanting to start a podcast for years. So that line right there is is something that I, I hate to hear in a way, uh, but I have been stuck in the pre launch mode for the longest time. Do you all have any tips to finally launching and finally taking the plunge? It says, I know my podcast should be in the, the vicinity of entrepreneurship, but I feel I like so many people are in the same space already. Uh, how do you deal with 
intimidating factors of jumping in. And I love the one Tim Krukowski has a four-word reply, a four-word reply. He says, less thinky, more podcasty. <laughs> and that's it. Yes. Yeah. You just got to jump in and, and do it. I, I, think it's, I think it's always good to see what other people are doing in your space. And I know I was listening to, I think it's called The Pub. And it was, no, it was... Um, the Wolf Den, whatever the thing from Earwolf, and they were interviewing the guy from the pub. And they were saying, like, there's so many, especially now, political podcasts. And they said, well, what makes you different? You know, if you're doing the same thing, how can you do it differently or things like that? And they said, in some cases, you're not. But it's just, it's another arm. And, so that's why you got to love it, right? Yeah, exactly. If you're not loving doing it and, it, you know, you're jumping into a space and you're not popular right away. Um, that'll be tough. I think when you're stuck in that situation, I think action's not based on emotion. So if you're scared and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, you just got to do it. You just got to write a list of things you need to do and execute one after the other without thinking about it. I, I always find when I get stuck kind of in a state where I may be intimidated or fear of failure or whatever, and I just think to myself, okay, I know this action is right. I'm just going to do it. And you just do it. You just act it. It's it's the weirdest thing. You you're doing it, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't maybe be more concerned. But you gotta keep going. And so if you're in that space with podcasting, and you feel you know you've got that fear of whatever, just get one done. Right? You'll you'll be so surprised how much better it'll be for you when you when you do that. So it's yeah, it's hard, but eventually you just got to do it. Well, there's a, a thing now that happens where we've had you know people that would you know quit before they got to episode seven. And now we have people that are quitting before they even start because they can't, they're trying to get the 25 in the can or I need to get 10 in the can. And like, no, just launch. Yeah. And that's, well, the expectations are high, right? I mean, yeah. when we, when we were launching podcasts seven years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, the excitement of just having something out there was so enormous and it didn't really even matter kind of what the quality was or what it was because you were unique to begin with. But I think the expectations have changed in the last five years with so many people in the market and the the, the barrier to entry is so much higher because people are just thinking, oh, God, I, I can't be like this. Well, no, you can't today, but do 30 podcasts and then you might be close after you've done. I, I just did a consulting call with a guy um, overseas and same kind of deal, asking me the same kind of questions. And I said, you know what, just start and get do 10 and don't even think about releasing them. Just do 10 for you and your friends, right? You and your friends. Don't you know, put them on SoundCloud or whatever, but just get it out there. I said, you'll, you'll find yourself to be so much better after 10. And when you get to 30, you'll be even better. But you won't be better if you don't start. So get, get you know, and it'll change your public speaking. It'll change your confidence in front of crowds. It'll change your confidence when you're speaking to people. But you can't get any of that if you don't start. start. So stop being afraid and just go, you know. I forget what book I was reading. It might have been Pat Flynn's Will It Fly? And he talked about sharing your idea with your target audience. And some people don't want to do that because they're afraid someone will take their idea and run with it. And he said, you don't really have to worry about that because most people don't act. It takes a, to get off the couch and actually do it. He goes, but they might give you feedback on that. And uh, that's the other thing that when you look in iTunes and you see all those podcasts, Go back six months from now, you know, or, you know, six months in the future and see if they're still there. 
because I know I've had a few podcasts about podcasting that have started and then I go back and it's only been a few months and they've already just said, ah, and they, it's hard. Yeah. So if you have that passion, you can just keep going. Others might not have that same passion. And so while you didn't start a podcast, cause you're like, well, they're already doing it. They might not be doing it in three months. And if you had started, you'd have three months in the can, three months of experience under your belt and, uh, be good to, uh, to go. So, yeah, no, right on. Hey, I made the wall. You finally got you my did. picture up on the wall. Yeah. yeah right behind you. There you go. There, here's Michael and yeah. Steve Stewart. I think my favorite picture is, I'm trying to see if it's even in the shot. Um, I love this idea, by the way. No, you guys can hear. Let me, let me turn my monitor. It's yeah, we've we're, we're got the narrow portrait mode. It's, it's Craig and Andy. They're in the car. They're holding up the app. They're both just smiling ear to ear. It's a very warm, fuzzy kind of picture when I look at that one. And, of course, there's Michael. I was mentioning that. And it's weird because we were talking about the... Uh, Steve Stewart there, too. That's a good picture. Yep, Steve's Steve. painting in the background. <laughs> um, but on the Podcasters Roundtable, we're talking about live shows. And we're talking about the fact that Blab was dead and things like that. And they said, you know, the people like right now, I look up, I have 27 people here live. And it's funny because if you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, a lot of the people that are in the chat room are also those people that, you know, support our Patreon account. And so it's those people that and, and when I was looking at um, for the messengers, they're like, well, see if you can find any testimonials. And boy, I tell you what, if I could go back. 11 years, I would make a filter or uh, a label in Gmail and tag those bad boys. Cause I know I've had them. Of course, I'm not going to delete them, but finding them now is like, ugh. so I was looking at my, my podcast reviews and it was funny because here's something that I, I'm not quite sure how this happened. Cause I was going to talk about in 2011, I was turning 40. Yeah. And I did this whole thing like, hey, Dave's turning 40. I'd really love to have a Kindle. And so I uh, I said, if you'd like to help me buy a Kindle, you know, I'd write this whole thing. Well, that weekend was the weekend of the tsunami. And everybody is chiming in for a much better thing than Dave's Kindle. And in the end, I ended up, I think I put in like 50%. I, I actually listened to the episode and I made it sound like we hit our goal, which we kind of, we hit a goal. We didn't, I don't know. I, I remember I had to chime in a bit. Um but there was a guy that wrote a review in iTunes that said, you know, what a weird guy. And he just wants me to buy him a Kindle. And that review is gone. I know he went back later and updated it to say, hey, I've actually still been listening to Dave. It's really good. And he changed his review. But I don't I don't know if he completely reworded it or what. But that review is gone. And it's really weird because in iTunes, it says I have four one star reviews and I can only find one. And that was kind of odd because, of course, as a true podcaster, I could care less about the, you know, 125 five-star reviews. I'm looking for the, the four one-star reviews. And I, I don't know if um, if somebody has flagged the one-star reviews and they got deleted or what, but it said I had four and I have one. And it just said, not a very good show. It was like bad show for bad advertising or something like that. I'm like, all right, well, thank you for your feedback on that. But... Um, <laughs> At Gallup, we have this concept of uh, this book called How Full Is Your Bucket? And it's really a representation of a recognition system, right? And and the idea is you can never be over, you can never get too much recognition, right? And nobody ever goes, oh, no, no, that's enough. Stop praising me, right? <laughs> nobody ever does that, right? 
And so the system is kind of built on these drops, a uh, drop in a bucket, so to speak, if you just think of that. And the fuller your bucket, the happier and more satisfied you are. So we spend a lot of time recognizing one another at Gallup. It's just one of those things that's kind of an amazing place to be where recognition is very, very high. And I think those, like you said, those emails that you get, it's super important to flag those off and move them to the side. So when you're having a bad day and things aren't working right and you get that one star review and, uh, and you kind of go, you can go back to that folder and say, hey, look, no, this is the target. Because you're not going to reach everybody, right? You're not, and not everybody is going to be your fan. Most of them will just jettison you and never say anything. So that, you right. know, the ones that don't like you will just unsubscribe and go somewhere else. But the few that will stay and be vocal, which I, to me is very, very, very crazy. Like, why are you still listening if you don't like it that much? But it happens, right? You can go back and uh, you can go back and then read those and kind of go, no, this is some good stuff. So good, Dave, I think a good, when you say that, I think that's a good system for new podcasters and old uh, podcasters alike make that system where you can capture that positive feedback, put it somewhere where you can see it again. Then when you're having that discouraging day or whatever, go back and read it. It's super helpful. I mean, I find that I have a whole bucket at work. I have a physical bucket and every single thank you note or card or drop or gift or whatever has made its way into that bucket. And Dave, I, nine years, I could, it's probably that thick. And I could lift that out and I could go through these things. Uh, now, part of it's because we have a culture of recognition, but right. it's still, it's, if, you know, I, I, there are days on others' moments I look at that. It's a physical representation of value. And I just kind of go, oh, okay, I'm not, maybe I'm not as bad as I'm making myself feel at the moment. And, I, you know. I've done a much better job of that with my Logical Weight Loss podcast. So I was looking at those. Chris Nessie says, and has a good statement, he says, you're never as bad as your worst review, nor as great as your best one. And that's, there's that's probably it. a lot to that. And um, speaking of my podcast reviews, if you go to schoolpodcasting.com slash MPR, which stands for my podcast reviews, Stargate Pioneer has a great point, And that is the fact that that one star review might be from another country. And if you want to see all of your podcast reviews, go over to uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR. That stands for my podcast reviews. They have uh, free accounts. I have the paid account, and uh, you can check all of your different podcasts from all different countries, and uh, that should be kind of cool. So what happens when you only have one review? Yeah. Just ignore it. Exactly. Uh, Dave, by the way, I've been, you know, uh, Home Gadget Geeks. We don't ask for reviews on iTunes. I just kind of quit doing that a couple years ago. And I haven't had a review there in... Jeez, two years, maybe two or three years. So what? Like it's one, we don't ask. Right. Two, I don't know if it's that much of a measure of engagement anymore for the most part. I mean, if you're begging for them or you're asking for them and people are doing it, awesome. It's great. I just don't know if it's that much of a level of engagement. I really think that it's in it now. It's hard to do. That's why a lot of us don't get them because get making a making a review on iTunes. I think the emails that you get are the most important measurement of engagement. They're easier to do. But somebody physically has to do something. And so I think if you want to believe anything, believe the emails that you're getting. Because that is the, as long as you're putting your email address out there, I think those are really the mark, a true mark of engagement. Well, the beautiful thing is Emmett the Crab gave me a review for the School of Podcasting. He says, uh, helpful for podcasters. So that's kind of (laughs) interesting. Now, what's interesting, because I logged into the My Podcast Reviews dashboard. And in it, it says I have one one-star review. So it's actually more accurate than iTunes is, which is kind of interesting. Um, Kim says uh, that Michael Hyatt's call to action at the end of every episode is to give him a review in iTunes. They all do. It's, yeah. a, 
it's everybody's call to action, right? I mean, it's just in, you know, I think it's all believing the, the true or not. I don't know if it's really true anymore that those, those reviews matter. And I think today we kind of, not we, but the community around here has kind of said, mm, not sure that's making it those reviews themselves in the system are making a difference anymore. Now, do they make a difference for you? Sure. And if you want to ask for them, great, do it. Yeah. If that's, if that's what you want to do, um, my audience is really isn't inter- interested in doing that. I've gotten a few to do it, but they're, uh, I'll just send you an email, Jim, if I'm, you know, so, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think the, good or bad. I think the idea now is that if there are three podcasts on the same subject and you see one has more reviews than the other, that maybe somebody might click on that, but that's, that's real subjective. Well, and that review that you got good, good podcast, Dave. Yeah. Not helpful for anybody. Helpful for podcasters. Well, there you go. Yeah, help. There it is. Helpful for podcasters. Well, I'm, is that really a testimonial? I don't know. It, and it's good to have. Hey, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth at that point. But it's one of those things. I think if you're going to beg for that kind of stuff, beg for Like you can't engage with your listener on iTunes. You just can't do it. They leave you review. There's no way to thank them for that. If you want real engagement, do it in a platform where you can engage with them, you know, where you can talk back to them in a Facebook group, in, on Twitter, uh, it, through personal email, those kinds of things, a text message, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Instagram, any of those things, right? Do it in a platform where you can engage back. I think the important part of this stuff is not that the review itself, but that we can have engagement back with the listener, make that relationship and have that you know, have that relationship. So I, I think that's the important part. And Gabrielle, I'm going to answer your question in just two seconds. The, it, Daniel sitting right here. It's funny because this is turning into a giant commercial for my podcast. I, I really never, because I, I normally don't, um, I normally don't dig that much into my reviews. I have 11 reviews from Australia, three from New Zealand, 11 from the UK. And uh, so I never realized it's kind of cool. That it's broken down by country that, uh, it's just kind of like, and if I want to just see like the ones from, let's see what people in Australia are saying about the school of podcasting. Um, thanks, Dave. Crikey. Yeah. Crikey. Crikey, yeah. Dave. Right. I wish he'd quit doing his bad Australian accent. Dave is my mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going, if I can remember how to share my screen, let's do this to answer Gabrielle's question. Because Gabrielle's question is, how do I go about changing the name of my show? Because I called it. You know, maybe I called it uh, Sudden Success instead of because of my podcast. Well, in Libsyn, all you have to do is go to Settings and Edit Show Settings, and you will see right here is the title of your show. And if you change that, in 24 to 48 hours, iTunes would update and come around and uh, change that. And then if you wanted to change the artwork, you would scroll down and with here, if you're uploading new artwork in iTunes, if let's say it was called logo.jpg, name your new logo, logo2.jp, some sort of new file name. So iTunes goes, hey, that's new, and it will update that. And then if you want to change your description, you would just go to destinations, edit view, and go to uh, your Libsyn Classic feed. And this is all the information for iTunes. So that's how you do it in Libsyn. In PowerPress, you would go into your WordPress, and the name of the show is typically the name of the blog. So that's where that would actually be under um, 
and this is one of those, it kind of depends in PowerPress depending on how you have it set up. But typically it's the name you can see here. My site title is Feeding My Faith in this case, and you could change it in other places, but kind of the same thing. So here, if I go into my settings in PowerPress and go to iTunes, um, here's my subtotal. And this, so this is all that iTunes information. And then they make it super easy because you're like, what about the artwork? Well, there's a tab that says artwork and I could actually you know, click here and say, I want to upload a new image. So, but all those are basically set up to where you, um, you update them, you hit save and it basically in 24 to 48 hours, it will change. Now, if you're changing it from grandma's knitting podcast to, you know, fun with Satan or whatever the name of your new show is, you might want to start a brand new show because I'm pretty sure the knitting people are not going to be interested in, in show number two. Uh, so you might want to start a new feed. Uh, but I've done that in the past. I had the, the musician's cooler and I changed it to the marketing musician and it just changed the, the artwork, changed the title. And cause that audience was the same thing. So it's not a big deal. It's, uh, you know, I, I usually, in some cases I would let my audience know, like I did with the musicians cool. I'm like, Hey, we're going to switch names. We're doing a rebrand. So when you see the artwork change in reality, they could care less. They just picked up the phone. They're like, Oh, there's a new episode hit play. And they're like, Oh, wow. Wow. It used to be white with blue and now it's red with white. So, um, yeah. Um, so the chat room says, what about knitting with Satan? That would, that maybe that's, yeah, that would work. Um, it's good. So hey, Gab Gabrielle asked this question in the chat room too. I think it's really important. How do you make sure that like when you're changing you, this started when you were talking about changing the name of your podcast, how do you make sure when you, the name that you pick is appropriate and not like appropriately titled for what you're talking about, but that you keep yourself out of legal trouble? With that. So let's, uh, since he's probably the biggest one that had this problem, uh, John Lee Dumas, of course, with Entrepreneur on Fire, was approached by our friends at Entrepreneur Magazine and they said, mm, and he said, okay. And so he changed the name of his podcast based on a lawsuit, right? Or a, a pending lawsuit. So, and then Kim said, so how do you know? Well, you start with Google. It's a great yeah. place to start, good place to go in, see what things are doing, but you never really know. Well, first of all, there are lawyers that specialize in this kind of pro like there are people who go out if you want to make sure you're not infringing on someone else's patent or trademark or registered trademark or or uh, uh, those kinds of things. There are lawyers that do this. Most of us aren't going to hire a lawyer to title our podcast. So if you if you're not going to do that, do the best you can on Google to make sure you're not infringing upon someone's copyright. Right. In other words, let's use Gallup as an example. If I start, if somebody else besides me or Gallup starts a podcast that has the word Gallup in it, G-A-L-L-U-P, by the way, you can use the O-P and it's fine because that's the name of a city or that's an action that a horse makes. But G-A-L-L-U-P is, is us. And if you started a podcast that talked about polling or talked about engagement or talked about StrengthsFinder and you were using all those terms in the name, you have to be very, very careful at that point because we have a registered trademark on the name, not only that name, but all those other names that we have, StrengthsFinder and all the themes and some of those kinds of things. So one has to be very, very careful. You can write to the organization for permission, get written permission from them to be able to use that. Many are not going to let you represent them or brand without being a, you know, like one would be Coke, right? If you started a Coke podcast, they're, well, Ask Corey at Ivy Envy about what the Major League Baseball did, right? Over having the word Cubs. Now that's a it's the name of an animal, right? right? It was talking about <clears throat> baseball. 
And so one has to be careful. If you don't, if you're not going to hire a lawyer, if you're not going to do the work, they ask you to change the podcast, you are going to change the name of the podcast. <laughs> that's the that's the way this hierarchy works. So just be very, very careful when you're setting up. Don't be afraid, but just be careful. Try to be as vague as you can if you're going to go into it, if you're going to go into something where there's lots of money. That's the thing, right? Like you wouldn't want to start a FIFA podcast. Right. They would FIFA would probably come after you, you know, uh, in those kinds of things. So just be very, very careful going in. Yeah. And just for me, I think just a general Google is a, a great place to start. That'll let you know pretty much. Um, I am amazed at how many podcasts have the same name or, or uh, I know there's, I think a couple paranormal podcasts. Uh, I know Ray has the podcaster studio and there have been people that have come very, very close to calling their show, the podcaster studio. And they're all like, well, it's kind of like that show with the James Lipton guy. And like, yeah, we know it's Ray's doing it. And um, that doesn't mean yeah, but that, what's Ray going to do. Right. Like, so what if they do it? You have to go to court, you know, that's it. So are you going to pay the money? Right. Things are only as legal as they are validated through the court system. And that's money. That's so. it. I've had asked to some people and they've been very nice. I'm like, they'll come up with school of podcasting. I'm like, ah, I'm kind of been using that for a while. Yeah. I mean, I don't think John Lee Dumas thought he was no. using the word entrepreneur. I mean, we have a book called Entrepreneurial Pro or the EP10, which stands for Entrepreneurial Profile 10. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that word entrepreneur, entrepreneurial or entrepreneur, you know, those uh, the variations of those. I think most people would have thought that'd have been OK. You yeah. Know? Well, That's like, you know, using technology or gadget in your like I have home gadget geeks. And I'm sure there's a magazine or a site called Gadget Something. And they'd be like, nope, you can't use that because, you know, we have it. Well, you know, then you got to go to court if they're going to fight it. Yeah. Uh, Rich Palmer had the – he lives in Miami Valley, which is a part of Ohio. And he called it the Miami Valley Music Cast. Well, there's a product called Music Cast. And even though his was Music Cast, when you say it, it's Miami Valley Music Cast. And – the music cast company came to him and said, uh-uh, sorry, that's, you're kind of infringing on our brand. And he kind of went, hmm, okay. And so that's why he's now, I think, audio gumshoe or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's, you, you throw it on it's there. A, Kim it's says a great discussion, right? I yeah. mean, it's a good discussion to have. Don't obsess about it, but it's a good discussion to have and think through. Chances are there's only so many words in the English language and you're going to step on somebody else's stuff. Daniel said in the chat room, the guy for Candy Crush tried to go after all the other games that had the word candy in it. Well, you wouldn't think candy would be a trademarkable name, but here's the way the court system would see it. If it's candy in the context of a video game and other people are making video games and trying to benefit from the, the, the properties you have built on the word candy, they could side in your favor. This has happened before. So there's precedent for it. So, you know, the, 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 a judge will decide at that kind of point. But for most podcasters, this is not going to be an issue. But, but Gabriel, it's a great question that doesn't have a lot of answers. Uh, you know, there's some things you can watch out for. But ultimately, you'll know once you decide on a podcast name. By the way, once you've decided on a podcast name, Google that exact name in several different ways to see what's, what's going on. Besides it, might be, besides it infringing on someone else's trademark, you might also, especially on Twitter, like hashtag it on Twitter and see what people are tweeting with that hashtag because it could be derogatory <laughs> in somewhere else or do, you know, like, and I'm trying to think of an example, but we, uh, oh, it's our top five. So we have this thing called uh, the top five in Finder. But if you do this variation, hashtag top five something, it goes to a bikini site, 
right? And you're like, oh, okay, so maybe we don't want to use that hashtag, <laughs> you know, in our stuff. That's the same thing with the title or some of the things that you're doing or even your site name, right? When you're choosing, when you choose your podcast name and you're buying the domain, make sure you look at that whole word as it's put together as yes. one, right? Experts, <laughs> about this. experts yeah. exchange uh, turns into expert sex change when you put it all together. <laughs> there are a couple out there that are, are funny. Yeah, you just got to be careful with with making sure. Look at that domain. You get so excited. The domain is there. You know, you look it up on Hover or whatever. The domain is there. And then you buy it. And you're not even, you're so locked in on your podcast name. You don't even see the variations of it. So maybe run that by a couple friends. You know, hey, I'm thinking of buying this. You know, did you see anything odd in this? Kind of before you you make the purchase. Because some of those words can show up differently. Our eyes will catch it's like word search, you know, our eyes will catch different things in there. Yeah. You have to watch anything with the word art in it, that the, the word before it doesn't have an F in it, you know, so, cause otherwise everything is now a fart. It's like, yes. So, well, to, to your point, Dave, Daniel just says, ask a friend with a dirty mind. And that's, <laughs> that that's not bad advice. Yeah. That's not bad advice. Um, Ronald asked any updates from the messengers. Last update I had was at nine Oh two said still waiting to get on the plane. So I'm going to take that as good news. That I haven't gotten an update in a while. Nine nine oh five Eastern, so two hours ago. Yeah, it was two hours ago. And uh, when I when I finally got the message, when I texted them back at nine thirty, that just said bummer. I didn't get any kind of message back to say, you know. You have their flight information. Couldn't I, say. And we can I do not. I wish I did. Uh, um, and I don't know where they're flying. I'm assuming they're flying out of Orlando to Cleveland. Boy, that would have been, you know. That's a that's something. Hmm. I could roll that back. Give me your flight number so I can follow you in. Yeah, there. I can track you in. Pretty easy to do on Google. Yeah, that's because uh, you, you, I think they actually have an hour. You can like see where the plane is over. Like, look, they're over. You know, Kentucky. when it's going to land, when schedule those those kinds of things. Yeah, just put in the airline and the number. And oh, your, still oh. at still at the airport. Oh, well, now you can text them back. Hey, send me your flight number. Okay. Oh. What's the flight number? <laughs> so I was going to say, so last week I was watching the post show that we did on Fire Talk and these widescreens go down to blab size for the actual recording. Did you notice that? When they're you square. Did the yeah. yeah. So you don't get the widescreen, which is, which was great. Ronald, how are you, man? Yay, they're boarding oh, now. Yay! Well, I have some flight horror stories I can tell you guys and everybody. Does. I think we all do, yeah. <laughs> well, mine I think tops it for a flight that should, took me eighteen hours. It took me twenty six hours. Nice. Uh, international yeah. travel is yep. always sketchy. Yeah. I, oh yeah, especially when they cancel one plane and you get to the airport and your plane just left. Nice. Mm-hmm. I had one where the where the plane wouldn't start. Like they they. Took us out on the runway. I was in London, and, and they're like, "Nope." So then they take us back in. They're like, "All right, we got it fixed. Go back out to the runway. Wouldn't start." I'm like, "I am not. I'm off this plane, man. If you guys can't, it's like so." That was a a great. Uh, I, think I think we've all been there. Yeah, and light travel is not what it used to be 10, 15 years ago when they used to say, "Fly the air," and they yeah. make it look all nice and pretty. Yeah, it's not that. That pretty could be its own now. podcast. Oh, speaking of unique podcasts, Tim Page has a podcast called I Read My Spam. And Tim Page is a voiceover. This is like one of the most creative podcasts 
I've ever heard because Tim is like he's got that he doesn't have like a deep voice guy, but he has a very announcer. When you hear like, wow, that's I never realized Tim was such an announcer guy. And it's him reading his spam exactly the way it comes in. So it's like, hello, um, left carrot JavaScript number six, nine, seven. It's hilarious. And they're all like two minutes long. But it's it's a really cool commercial because in the end, it's spam and it's not supposed to be entertaining. And it to me, I'm like, what a great creative way to show off your voiceover chops that I can make something as spam. You know, I have money in an account, but I need your account to transfer it into. It's hilarious. So I don't know what the website is, but um, oh, it looks like we'll make it to your place. Head to, li- head to your library, then to your home to do the interview. So they're switching things up a bit. Ah, Cam, you're all set. Keep the cookies in the oven. Yeah. So, Ronald, what what uh, what you got for us? Well, um, this is mostly on the side of the travel, which got me thinking. But uh, messengers, I know that they're mostly covering. I believe it's. I saw a message that they were covering Brazil, then they were covering the U.S. Do you know they're traveling all around the world, uh, Dave, or are they just uh, concentrating like on North America, Brazil? Or are they looking uh, just all of? What they found is they found podcasters with unique stories. So like Sean Smith is kind of a mobile pro expert and he was in Guatemala. They, uh, a few people in Florida, um, Glenn, the geek, his unique story, just because the guy's making a living with his podcast. Danny Pena is, you know, basically doing podcasting for a living. They had, and then they're coming here because for some reason they think, you know, I'm a big deal. I like really okay, whatever. They basically because they say I'm an, a a soundbite machine. So they're like because I said guys, there's nothing to see in Ohio because Danny Pena has this cool wall of uh, graffiti that he stood in front of and things like that. And uh, so I I think you know I know there was someone they interviewed her here in the states who does a show somewhere, but I know she does it in Mandarin. And so I think she's in Japanish, kind of that somewhere far eastish kind of thing. And originally they wanted to go to where she was. And that's why there's now a Kickstarter campaign. Or if you go to supportthebessengers.com, these things aren't cheap to make. So they have, last time I heard, they had eight terabytes of, quote, film. They, they're running out of hard drives and things like that. So I don't know that they're doing a whole lot more flying. Running out of hard drives, Dave? Well, I don't know if they're running out, but... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's, You've it, come to the right place. Well, and the other thing is they want to have this thing done to watch the movie at PodFest. Well, that's like six months away, kids, in February. So they're... In fact, one of the guys that was filming is also the editor, and he's now like broken off from the team, and he's already started to go through because... As a guy who's been trying to do their podcast, holy cow, when you shoot everything, and that's why they had him on the set so they could kind of not film everything and kind of just have less to edit. You know, that's a whole more prep, less editing kind of thing. So, um, but that's that's the case there. So that's... Uh, so. Yeah, because the reason I was asking about the messengers because I know that we do the big, like for Toronto, when they do the PodCamp Toronto, you got podcasters that come from... All over Canada do show up for this event. So it's kind of like a, it's an interesting event. When is that? Uh, usually sometime in February. Yeah, see, that's that's too late. Yeah. Toronto in February? Yeah. Yikes. Believe wow. it or not, but you got to think about it this year. And I know Dave can kind of relate to it living where he is. In the middle of February, I think it was the 23rd, I think it was this year. And 
I swear it was like close to 28 degrees Celsius. Here I am coming from where I was with a parka on, knowing that, you know, sometimes the winds get up, you know, it's going to be cold. No, the forecast was wrong for it being minus two. It stayed at 26. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get you get freak days like that. But well, and to be honest, like you're going to a podcasting conference, you're going to be inside most of the time. You know, the destination doesn't matter as much, to be honest. I mean, whether you're in Vegas and it's a million freaking right. degrees or you're in Toronto and it's freezing, you're in the same hotel stuff. You know, getting to and from the airport's a little bit of a pain, but so maybe maybe not. Maybe, maybe that's not such a bad idea. Toronto in February. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It was just one of those freaky it was just one of those weird years. I mean, uh, yeah. hell. Yeah. I mean, Christmas, it was like twenty degrees. Yeah. And I was like going, This is not winter. This yep. is yeah. Global warning. Yeah. Around, else? thanks for jumping in, man. Oh. Wow, that's weird. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I was going to ask him, oh. do you have anything else you want to talk about? With Blab, when you clicked on somebody, it asked sorry, you, are no. you sure? And with uh, Fire Talk, it just says, all right, so sorry about that, buddy. As soon as you click it, you go away. Is that way? That's it. They're gone. It's like, right. I was waiting yeah. for, are you sure? And I, I, was, I started to ask him, do you have anything else? And if he said no, I was going to then say, go ahead. So. Well, now, sorry. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, Today's new media show should be interesting because there is a company, Omni Studio, I want to say. I know their their website is purple. I remember that. And they're claiming that they can get how far you've listened from an MP3 that you've downloaded. And there was a bit of a... uh, Oh, some some dust was getting ruffled over there between Todd and uh, Rob saying that's not possible. And they were kind of like, oh, it is. And we're like, hmm. OK, so that should be interesting to see if that makes it to uh, to their show today. That'd be interesting. They're going to have them on. I don't think they're going to have them on, we're but I'm sure Todd talk will about talk it. about it because oh, I hope so. At least I'll have to go over and poke the bear and see if we can get Todd to talk about it. But um because they were saying, even Rob, it was funny because Todd's going over, you know, Todd, he lets his passion kind of sometimes go before his mouth. And he's basically just saying, you can't, no way, that's that's not possible. And so then Rob came in very, he's like, well, if this is the result you're getting, you're going to have to, you know, release how you did this and what you did so that others can, you know, basically that's a scientific thing. You You basically say, I've proven that, you know, I can turn, you know, dog poop into gold. Well, you have to explain how you did it so others can do the same thing. And when they yeah. verify your process is. Uh, basically, you'd have to get that MP3 to be able to call home. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would be a it would be a it would we always think of an MP3 as kind of a dead. It's a dead file once right. it comes to us. There's nothing we can do with it. But if there's a wrapper on that and that wrapper is able to call home and report the usage of it. Yeah. I don't see why not. I don't see why you couldn't do that. I, that's, I, you know, I don't know the physical properties of an MP3 and the wrappers and can you modify it in a way to make that work? But I mean, I doesn't it, like, it's not impossible, but you know, did they crack the code that that may be possible? Yeah. Mike uh, Howard in the chat room says, yeah, if they're dropping a file on my computer, that's going to talk back to them. Uh, I don't think so. Right. I mean, that's Sony got in all sorts of problems with root kits and all sorts of stuff. There are so much of that as so much of that going on today on your phone and even on your computer that you don't know about. Uh, You know, it's one of those kinds of things. They'll just disclose it. Right. It'll be one of those. 
type deals. I'm sure there's got to be a player or something, some disclosure that says, but we get so much of that today, Mike. I just, I don't know. I mean, I get it because it's kind of a shocker because that this is the first time MP3s would be reporting home and giving some stats or whatever, but all your podcast players, they're all reporting home. I mean, they are all telling, they're all reporting back anything, any podcatcher, they're all reporting back. So any illusion that we have of security, once we put an app on our phone, right? you can just wipe that out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and Michael will bring you in here in just a second. And uh, wow, that went quick. Always does. It does. It's Always. like, holy cow, it's 1130 already. Well, what about our awesome supporters? Oh, yes. Our awesome supporters. I have them printed out right here. Um, we have a new one. Alan Meisner, I didn't realize this. Do you know there's a dot .fitness? If you go to older.fitness.com, you'll find our new buddy, Alan Meisner. Of course, the fabulous Stargate pioneer from betterpodcasting.com. Barry Kessler from barrykessler.com. Josh Rivers from, and I always hate this because Josh's website is um, creativestudio.academy. There we go. Uh, Frank Brill, thank you, buddy, and Dale Henninger. Guys, Frank and Dale, send me your website. I would love to plug that. And, of course, if you want to be, there are more awesome supporters. If you go over to our website, askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. It uh, keeps the lights on here, and it's just a way to make us feel warm and fuzzy. And uh, we deeply appreciate that. Uh, Jim, in a minute and four seconds, anything exciting coming over at the uh, AverageGuy.tv? Yeah, we just interviewed the guy who makes this, what's called Reset Plug. If your Wi-Fi router has trouble staying up and it locks up, you know, and you got to reset it all the time, this will do it automatically for you. You should buy a new router, but this will do it for you. So head over to TheAverageGuy.tv and look at the most recent post live right now. Got it. And this week on the School of Podcasting, I'll be uh, resurrecting my talk from uh, Podcast Movement, where I did a live Q&A because this weekend's going to be crazy. So I'm not sure exactly what's going on. So I, I'm, this is one of those where it's kind of cool to have one in the can so that uh, when life gets crazy, you can pull it out. So and um, thanks to Mark Johansson, who uh, dug that thing out of the trash and said, I think I can uh, I think I can bring it back to life. So we're here every, every Saturday. Ask the podcast coach dot com slash live. And we'll see you next week. If you're live, hang around. We got some post show. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.